Hello, and welcome to episode number 304 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches Trashy Books. With me today are Amanda and Elise, and we are about to get very silly about books and villainy. As you probably noticed, the title of this episode is You Have a Type and It Might Be Mullets. If you've ever wondered what it's like when we hang out together, this episode is definitely for you. And if you are the type of person who laughs when other people are laughing, this episode will also definitely be for you. While we were at Romantic Times in May, we recorded two podcasts, which I probably should never do again because the editing is very difficult. This is part one, and part one is incredibly silly. We recorded after dinner one night, so we're sort of sleepy and goofy and possibly also doc and dopey. I'm definitely doc and dopey. We talk about books that we're interested in or have seen at RT, and then we get really silly. And our discussion includes the following eight very crucial questions. Question one, why does Amanda have a weakness for Val Kilmer? Two, how does Amanda rank the Hemsworths in order of physical density? Three, how does Amanda rank the Real Housewives franchises in order of quality? Four, how bad of a style icon was Anita Blake? Or is Anita Blake? She's still in print. She's still in print. She's still being published. Number five, how many Alfreds were there in the Batman film franchises? And which one sounds like an audiobook narrator? Number six, which fanfics are Elise and Amanda's favorites? Number seven, which Backstreet Boy was Amanda and Elise's favorite? And question eight, can Amanda and Elise find a villain that would interest me as a potential hero. Spoiler alert, no, I don't go for villains. But they really tried, and it's very funny. This is what happens when Amanda and Elise and I get really, really silly and stop making sense. And uh, given that this has been a bit of a rough week, I hope you enjoy our completely bubbly, goofy, silly discussion. Now, I do have a correction. Toward the end, Amanda mentions that she finds a picture of Lee Pace as Edward in Breaking Dawn. It's not Lee Pace as Edward. Apparently Pace was in Breaking Dawn and we have some pictures from that role and they're so goofy. His hair is preposterous. So those, along with all the books and things that we mention, and we mention a lot of things, are in the show notes at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Whiskey Sharp Torn by Lauren Dane. Bo Petty has been searching his whole life for a place that fills all the empty spaces in him, for a way to tame his restlessness, and for answers to the secret he has never stopped trying to solve. What he was not searching for was a woman to claim all of him, but when Cora Silvera walks back into his life, he is ready to search out all the ways that he can make her his. Cora has spent her life as the family nurturer taking care of others, and now she's ready to pass that job on to someone else. It's time to make changes and live for herself. And in that moment, her former teenage crush reappears, and the draw and the heat of their instant connection is like nothing either of them has ever experienced. He craves being around her. She accepts him, dark corners and all. But Bo thinks Cora has had more than enough drama in her life, and he wants to protect her from the secrets of his past, even if that means holding back the last pieces of himself. But Cora is no pushover, and she means to claim all of those pieces, because sometimes what you find is not what you were searching for. Whiskey Sharp Torn by Lauren Dane is on sale June 26th and is available for pre-order wherever books are sold. 
We have a podcast transcript sponsor this week, which is very fun because Elise mentions this book during this episode, which we recorded a month ago. So it's a total coincidence. I love when things work out like this. Today's podcast transcript is sponsored by I Am Justice by Diana Munoz Stewart. If you like the intrigue of Sandra Brown mixed with the passion of Laura Kay, you will love this romantic suspense that travels the globe from eastern Pennsylvania to the Middle East to Mexico. Rescued from the streets by the world-renowned Parrish family, Justice joined their covert sisterhood of vigilante assassins. Her next target, a sex trafficking ring in the war-torn Middle East. She just needs the right cover. Sandesh Ross left Special Forces and started a humanitarian group to aid victims of war. But saving the world isn't cheap. Enter Parish Industries and their limitless funding with one catch. Their hot, prickly PR specialist, Justice Parish. Book page named I Am Justice a top pick, saying an intriguing premise, a cast of strong characters unwilling to back down, and black-hearted deserve-to-die villains make I Am Justice a winning start to an exciting new series. Cindy Dee's New York Times and USA Today best-selling author said, It's witty, dangerous, fun, and smoking hot. The perfect can't-put-it-down read. I Am Justice by Diana Munoz Stewart is on sale now wherever books are sold. Find out more at dianamunozstewart.com. We have a podcast Patreon, and the Patreon community helps me commission transcripts for older episodes, maintain equipment for live shows, and make sure that every episode is transcribed forward and backwards in the archive. I am planning another live show, so stay tuned if you are going to RWA in Denver. I will have details very soon. I also collaborate with the Patreon community to develop questions for upcoming interviews. And for as little as a dollar a month, I would love to have you join us. It is a lot of fun. You can have a look at all of the tiers and rewards at patreon.com slash smartbitches. And I also want to thank some of the Patreon folks personally. So to Heather, also Heather, Liz, Gemma, and Wendy, thank you so very much for being part of the Patreon community. I deeply appreciate it. Are there other ways to support the show? There are always ways to support podcasts that you enjoy. And if there are podcasts that you enjoy, all of these things apply. You can leave a review wherever or however you listen. You can tell a friend. You can subscribe. You can just recommend whatever makes you happy, whatever works. But most of all, thank you for hanging out with me and for inviting me into your eardrums each week. I am very honored that you hang out with us. The music you're listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater. You will find me at the end of this episode telling you who this is. I will also have a preview of what is coming up on the website this week. There is a website to go with the podcast. I'm sure you knew. I have a truly, truly dreadful joke. It is so bad. I cannot wait to share it with you. It's really horrible. And of course, in the podcast show notes at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast, we will have all of the books and movies and television shows that we talk about. There are a lot. And also links to some of the items that we mentioned, including Lee Pace, not as Edward, but in Breaking Dawn. And if I can find it, we'll answer visually the question of why Amanda has this lifelong thing for Val Kilmer. And now, without any further delay, on with our very, very silly podcast. So do you have any books that you've noticed since you've been here? I mean, we haven't, the conference has just started, so we're early, but 
Do you have anything that you've learned about that you want to talk about? <laughs> Please. <laughs> I happen to have a book sitting right next to me conveniently <laughs> called I Am Justice by Diana Munoz Stewart. And she's got this new series out which features like the mercenary soldier hero, but the mercenary soldier uh, character is the heroine, not the hero. Hero, <laughs> hero, whatever. <laughs> so I was very excited to see that. And the cover is very cool. Yeah, she's like standing there holding a gun, wearing combat clothes, looking like she is not here for your shit. It's a power stance. Boobs firmly tucked inside a sports bra. There's no cleavage there. Good sports bra, too. It's not giving her a uniboob. That's good. She's ready to go, man. She looks kind of like a oiled-up Mila Kunis a little bit. Yeah, Like Mila Kunis and Katie Holmes merged. and But they also got kind of like a bad spray tan at the same time. So there hasn't been much grabbing for books on my end, but I did find a very interesting category romance, and I've never read one before. Really? You've never read a category? I did not know that. But it's called The Ballerina Secret by Terry Wilson. Um, And the heroine is a ballerina, and she's hiding her hearing loss. And the hero is the, like, piano accompanist in her next production. Oh. Very curious to see how this will go. Is that poor lifeguard still out there? Yes. It's like 55 in pouring rain, and this poor lifeguard is sitting by the pool because they have in the to. Pool. There's people in the pool right now. Are there people in the pool? Yeah, who is in, who the hell's in the pool? pool? Is it still those goth kids? Probably. Goth kids in the pool? You know the type. I do. <laughs> I do. You know the type. Sarah. I do. What about you, Sarah? Pick up anything good? No. Any hot marketing tips you want to share with us? <laughs> oh, One thing I have noticed is that the agenda is a little sparse at times. Yeah. And there are things that, I'm, that I'm, I just I couldn't think of doing like karaoke at 10 in the morning. I can't do karaoke at 10 in the morning. It's too early and it's also light outside. Although. It's noon for you. Being out. Yeah. No, it's one. Like, it's like next week. And. um. Seeing as we're in a casino, there are very few windows in all the meeting spaces, so I don't actually know what time it is, but I know it's too early for karaoke. And they're always tinted. Right. In a weird way. I'm going to give you your book back right away so you don't fight me for it. Good. I'm glad. I was was ready to come after you for it. Run carefully. We've all got flats on. You took your shoes off. Yeah. This is going to be the best podcast we've ever done. This is great <laughs> listening right here. It's fantastic. It's all like we're on NPR. <laughs> it so might be do? a good listening, like going to bed. <laughs> this is just how do you do your NPR name? podcast. <laughs> it's time for us to put you to sleep tonight. Relaxed and happy. So is there anyone who's here that you really want to meet? I mean, it's okay if it's no... No. Um. Yeah, not really. I'm kind of a little fangirly that Ann Bishop is here, but I don't know if I'll have time to go to her, her panels or even if they're doing signings at, like, the craft panels they're doing. 
the party things. I did the romantic suspense one today. It's just book signings. So if she's doing a book signing that is I think it's more craft based. I think she's ah. doing one with like Christine Feehan and they're like talking about the longevity of their series and yeah. stuff. Um so I'm just excited to be in her orbit, I guess. Christine Feehan wrote <laughs> The Angry Vegans. Oh, we talked about this. <laughs> I just telling what? you about I started rereading Dark Prince. Okay. It's by Christine Fian, right? The yeah. Carpathians, right? So it's the first yeah. it's the first Carpathian book. It's a little off the wall, and I remember how well it worked on me when I read it the first time because I had never read anything like that. It was one of the first paranormal, like super passionate alternate vampire mm-hmm. telling stories that I had read. But it kind of goes off the rails. And as I look at it now, I'm like, there's some major ethical and consent issues here that I'm really not comfortable with. And I sort of think, wow, my reading really has changed. I'm having ethics yeah. dilemmas with angry vegan Carpathians. I remember when I went through my paranormal romance phase, because I kind of like, I got into the Anita Blake series, but she wasn't fucking anyone yet in the series. Oh, that so came like later. Early. Yeah. And she was a bad dresser and she'd be like, I put on my black jeans and my neon socks and my neon green polo shirt. She was had a my fucking fanny, fanny pack. pack. Yes. My fanny pack and my sneakers. <laughs> oh my God. The, f- I, the fanny pack. Yeah. I... <laughs> The thing about the Anita Blake books was she's always going on and on about like how she was really short. She was like five three, but like still attractive. And I remember because I'm like five one, <laughs> reading this and probably in my teens, thinking like, "Am I not supposed to be? Like, this wasn't a concern before I read your books, and now I'm really worried about it." I thought I was doing okay, Laurel K. Hamilton. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Oh. So yeah, that was like right around before she was boning everyone. So I wasn't. <laughs> so yeah. I, I was looking for books with vampires, but also boning. And I started reading. <laughs> I started reading Amanda Ashley. Did you read any of her? I say I thought you say I started reading Amanda's fan fiction. <laughs> well, that too. That so came much later. So. Amanda Ashley is like the perfect paranormal writer. Amanda Ashley isn't me, but <laughs> no, it's not. You would have been like eight at the time these books came out. Oh, I'd have been a very talented writer. <laughs> I'm picturing you like your little text desk, just banging it out, getting that novel out there into the world. Oh God. So Amanda Ashley was like the perfect writer for that age because I was like an emo teen, preteen kind of. Weren't we all? Right. But she opened all of her own books with like her own poem about like (laughs) darkness. So it's just like, I was like, I can do this. This is a job. I can write vampire romance novels and put my own poetry in the front. Hell yes. And then there was one book that came, it was two novellas packaged as the same book. I probably still have this in the basement because it was so epic. I think we featured it on Cover Snark, this guy. So it was a two, like it was Sunlight Moonlight. And the guy on Sunlight like had this crazy lantern jaw. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like an angler, like a deep sea angler <laughs> fish. 
Let me find this for you. It, it looks like someone made Lord Pequod like an actual person. Uh, but anyway, so it was Sunlight, Moonlight. Moonlight was the vampire romance. And then Sunlight was this alien romance, which was really, really, really weird. And it blew my little mind. I don't even know what started that story. <laughs> I'm unsure. As well. Oh, we were talking about vampire romances. Check out this guy. Whoa! Right? Oh. <laughs> his head is like, his face is square. <laughs> it's like a spiral cut ham. It's <laughs> <Just> really <laughs> There's like you, Yeah. Oh, your head is like a spiral cut ham. <laughs> He's got like... It's like dense. <laughs> <laughs> it's like got face muscles that don't exist. It's got like... <laughs> Oh. It has like heft. <laughs> it's got like yeah, heft. Like he has pork chops in his jaw. So I used to listen to audiobooks at work all the time, but I had to get the CDs from the library. Remember that was a thing. I get bummed out because sometimes I want to get an audiobook straight from my library, but I'm a millennial and I don't <laughs> own anything that has a CD drive anymore. <laughs> The guy who narrated that, I had to stop it because it was like it sounded like Alfred from Batman was narrating <laughs> Michael Caine. No, no, no. The old Batman. Oh, no. Michael. The 1992 Batman. <laughs> whatever year it was. The original Alfred. Where he's really, not Jeremy Irons or Michael Caine. Like the Michael, little stooped over old guy. Was Batman Michael Keaton? Yeah. Okay. That was my favorite Batman. My- Ooh, I- Val Kilmer was my favorite. <laughs> <Are> you- <laughs> Why? Yeah, and then he played the villain in MacGruber. <laughs> and that was a real wake-up call. <laughs> Why Val Kilmer? That was Be- such a terrible movie. Well, I the first Val Kilmer movie I ever saw was Real Genius. <laughs> And so I just kind of had a huge well, that was crush on art right there. Val. Oh no, Sarah, what are you doing? <laughs> You're embarrassing me. <laughs> Do you think I'm recording you? I, I am recording you. you. I thought you were taking a photo. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, God. And you were talking about Val Gilmer. Yeah, because he wears like <laughs> crop tops. And like really tiny bike shorts in real genius. And he plays like this hot bad boy smart kid <laughs> in a crop top. <laughs> it's the 80s. It was the 80s. Sorry. It was a sleeveless crop top. It was in, I think, yellow. I remember it. It just very keeps well. getting better. I'm yeah. getting more aroused like the further <laughs> you go. <laughs> you should. And fanny pack to that. <laughs> He might actually wear a fanny pack. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, God. None of you have seen it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I have, but I don't remember the crop top oh and bikey shorts. Do you remember the popcorn at the end? No. That is like the climax of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I'm sorry. They, smart kids are building a laser for their project, but turns out it's really for the government and the government steals their laser. <laughs> this is no. That's not weird science. She's no. real genius. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Weird science. 
Didn't you also have a crush on the asshole with the mullet from Stranger Things? Ooh, I can't. That was a low blow, Elise. <laughs> no, I'm not making fun of you. I, I just, thought I just, I thought I could share that to you in private. <laughs> I just, you have a type, and it might be mullets <laughs> and wispy little mustaches. <laughs> Like the Westworld Confederado we were talking about. Oh god. Yeah, the one I think I recognize. Billy Stranger Things. (laughs) Val Kilmer, who is definitely a douchebag in that movie. Oh my god. Recently Amanda and I did a podcast where we talked about how bad we are at watching TV. Right. And one of the things we talked about was where some of our catnip and anti-catnip comes from. Like how we were deeply scarred by television shows. Okay. Were you ever, did you ever connect your reading to a television show that you used to watch or find your catnip in really old stuff that you used to enjoy? Yeah, because like, I remember when I, man, I was probably too young to watch the movie. I got my hands on La Femme Nikita, the movie, not the TV show. And then the TV show came out and like. I love the TV show. That was right, because you were waiting for them to hook up. That was the only reason I was watching. Yeah. And her amazing outfits. Oh, Peter Wilson was awesome. Awesome in that. I remember when I when, when I was old enough to know I wanted to watch TV, but I wasn't old enough to watch some of these shows. It seemed to me like so much of the hour dramas were based on the idea of some kind of relationship either starting or as part of like fighting crime and shit. So you had Remington Steele and Scarecrow and Mrs. King and Heart to Heart. You had all of these shows. They have that like plot thread that's like will they won't they yes with there's, like two there's characters moonlighting moonlighting x-files although my theory with the x-files is that after the first two episodes they were always together they were always hooking up and what they were doing was hiding it from the viewer jillian anderson's a badass she's glorious absolutely glorious i remember when lois and clark came out like the television show yeah that was my catnip too how co- I was never into that one because I wanted. Is that the one that the, with the with the with the actress who later on went to be a desperate housewife? She did. He became Dean Kane, which was disappointing <laughs> to everyone. <laughs> Dean Kane's Dean Kane peaked when he played Scott Peterson for the Lifetime That's Channel. Right when you when you play the guy they base Gone Girl off of, and that's like yeah. God, sorry, no Lois and Clark. That was two. your catnip? Because, like, I think two things that I didn't realize was my catnip. I liked him when he was Clark. So I think I just do a beta hero a lot of the time. I always was more interested in Clark. And the glasses. I was thinking about this last night. You mentioned, like, your attraction to Clark was, like, his beta hero-ness. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about, like really hot, like, villains as I was trying to go to sleep. And why, like, I love a... A mean dude with an eye patch. <laughs> Do you have like any villain heroes that you like? Because that's not your thing at all. Oh, not even Darth Maul. No. <laughs> Why no. him specifically? I don't know. There's something about those double bladed lightsaber that I was just like, "Ooh, that's doing it for me." No, the the villain thing doesn't always work on me because I'm too rational and I'm, and I'm always like, why don't you just, God damn it, make better choices? What about Lee Pace as that sexy elf king <laughs> in the Hobbit movie? I never saw that one. Oh. 
He rides a giant moose. I, <laughs> that's, I think that's and that's villainy. He like he rides a moose. He's a bit of an asshole. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but scary. he looks exactly like the guy on the pestilence cover. Yeah, I saw that cover. Like I didn't have a problem with the no, cover. No, it's clearly fan art. <laughs> oh, or that weird elf vampire in Hellboy Two. You didn't get into that. Anyone know what I'm talking? <laughs> I have no idea Someone what you're talking else. about. <laughs> I remember, and I know people were talking about this on Twitter, when I was a kid, we used to watch The Sound of Music, and I always thought, like, Captain Von Trapp was, like, really scary and angry, and then you hit an age where you're like, oh, wait a minute. It makes it all makes sense, sense now. now. Please tear down the Nazi flag again, Christopher Plummer. I like Christoph Waltz. He's a silver fox that I am really appreciative of. I like all, I think, British villains. It's the... The voice. You watch Jessica Jones the first season, right? Oh, David Tennant. Yeah. He plays like like a Kills very brave, right? Yeah, but he's really, really good at playing like a psychopath. Like enough that you're like, I'm actually kind of afraid. Yeah. Like wide eyes, like, well, yes, of course we're going to do these heinous things. Um, he actually just did a horror movie, like where he's a serial killer, and they said like the he was like so good at being a creepy serial killer that like, members of the crew were like, eh, we don't like it. <laughs> we don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> no, David Tennant is very sexy. He is. I just, I can't do villains. Villains don't. Like Jeremy Irons could still come get it for sure. <laughs> nope. No problem. Well, like in terms of Myers Briggs, which I know many people think is bullshit. I'm the nurturer, and a lot of my past relationships are all built on, I can fix you, stop being so sad. <laughs> and that's not the case. I'm the one that, I'm the one that's, like, way in, like, the Hawaii, like, high left corner where, like, Stalin and other very alarming people are. But fuck off, leave me alone. I think I'm an INTJ. I'm an INFJ. Come on, Sarah, you remember this. I don't remember if I'm INFP or INFJ. I was definitely INF. I was INF all the way. You're an I, right? Yeah. That makes no, that's sense. shocking. <laughs> I was, when I remember in a college, like, freshman sort of semi-orientation class, like, freshman orientation, the course was... I had to do it for my advertising class. Blech. So they had us do the Myers-Briggs test. And it was the first time I'd ever taken it, but I remember scoring on introvert. And like no one in the class believed me that I was an introvert. And I was like, no, I need to be by myself. I I like quiet. I don't I, I no, I need to get away from all of these people. Yep. Very introverted. Sometimes I come home from work and I tell Rich, like, I need 30 minutes of absolute silence, not because I don't love you. I just like I can't. I can't handle anyone talking at me anymore today. I've had people. I mentioned that I work from home and I was asked if I miss having human contact. No. no. And I said, not really. <laughs> oh, no. I I am so fortunate that I have the ability to opt out of workplace culture and dealing with terrible people and sexist shitbaggery. Like, I am really lucky that I can not have to do that. So no villains, like none. No, I really don't think there are anywhere. Number one. 
<laughs> I feel like there's always like an exception. I feel like we need to read off like a list of all movie villains. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sure there's a wiki page on there. <laughs> what, no, all... di- no Disney villains. No. Skeletor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really thinking about that villain question now, and I'm like, I really don't think there are any. Nobody. Villains. You are gonna sit up straight in like 4 a.m. and you're, it's just <laughs> no. gonna pop into your brain as you're like, drip. Maybe you got up to use the bathroom. Yes. You're getting settled back in bed. It'll be Gargamel from the sparks. <laughs> It's a poor choice, but, but I'm not going to judge Right, you. we're not going to. There's so many better options. I don't, I really don't think villains are a thing. Have you seen Idris Elba and Luther? He's kind of an anti-hero. Might be like villain light. Right, I'm willing to go into like anti-hero for you. Um, ooh, no, this is not good. <laughs> I just Googled popular movie villains thinking I would get like. But the Phantom from the Phantom right. of the Opera. Right, and instead it's like Mike Myers, Norman Bates. <laughs> no. It's like not what I'm like, Sauron, <laughs> Darth Vader. Um, no, I don't want to have any kind of interest in Sauron. The Joker. <laughs> what about who's the villain in the Cars movies? <laughs> Michael Keaton is the other car. Was he a bad car? <laughs> she doesn't like any of the tall, skinny British villains. No. We've what discussed a, this. Really doesn't. I also had like a weird me. thing for Beetlejuice. What? If, what about the fact <laughs> that Benedict Cumberbatch now is saying he she's won't do any in, movies? She's um, not into Benedict. Bandersnatch Cumberbund. You didn't yeah. hear that? I did hear it. It's great, but he does nothing for me. I think his, Dracula. I think his eyes are too far apart. <laughs> yeah, he. Yeah, he's got like snake head. Patrick Bateman. No. Gollum. <laughs> no, God. General Zod. What? <laughs> he Come was for Superman. Didn't, I'm sure Adam had a goatee like that. <laughs> oh, Adam had a goatee, but he was never. Who was that? General yeah. Zod. General Zod from, from Zod Superman. Superman. No, General Zod never did it for me. I'm a very boring consumer of romantic fiction. Loki, Magneto, Oric, Goldfinger. <laughs> Oh my god. Lord Voldemort, maybe? No, God. We're going to get here even if we have to read this whole list of <laughs> Have you ever heard this guy well, who. Heath Ledger's the Joker. I've never seen that Batman. I, this is a part of the problem. You don't watch movies that are scary, so, like, you don't. Killian Murphy in Red Eye with Rachel McAdams. I don't think I saw that one. You gotta, oh, at least you gotta watch it. You would <laughs> like it. it. On it. Is it like super sexy when people pull each other's eyeballs, all ball, eyeballs out of their heads? No. Oh, okay. No. I that was really specific. Was there it. a book like that that I reviewed? <laughs> no. I feel like, did I review that? And I don't remember. <laughs> eyeballs on skewers. The Elise continuum. Um, the Predator. The alien one with <laughs> the vagina mouth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is there another predator? I, I don't, don't know. know about? Okay, Scar from the Lion King. We're reaching here. <laughs> God damn it. Um. Hmm. I put like great pop culture villains. Yeah, I'm getting like the shark from Jaws. I got I got that creepy girl from The Ring. I was like, that's not what I'm looking hey, for. Hey, look, Darth Maul is on here. You're vindicated. And yeah, see. <laughs> 
I'm sorry, I doubted you. <laughs> what about Angelina Jolie as Maleficent? Those cheekbones didn't. No. <laughs> Nothing? No. I'm... What about the cartoon Maleficent? <laughs> oh, no. Um, Boba Fett? Gordon. <laughs> Gordon Gecko. I think you were going to say Gordon Ramsay, and I was like, wow. No. What about Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget? <laughs> He had a really good voice. No. <laughs> oh, man. Um, there really are no villain here. Megatron? Who? <laughs> like Transformers. Oh. No. <laughs> Khan. <laughs> oh, good heavens. Shredder from the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> the shark from Jaws. Penguin from the 1960s Batman. <laughs> No. Ooh, what about Tom Hardy as Bane? No. Did you see that Batman? No. Oh, Hal 9000 is on this list. <laughs> oh. These are not villain heroes that I really dig. No. Cerberus Snape. Ooh. No, I, I, find, I find him to be... No. I'm more of a Lu- Lucius Malfoy if we're going Silver Foxes. <laughs> you know his wife dominates him. Yes. All the time. Amanda's like, what do you think we're talking about? <laughs> what do you think we're here right now? <laughs> Biff from Back to the Future. What? No. He's like a, an asshole. Woof. Ooh, Ivan, Dra- Biff. Ivan Drago like- from Rocky Four. That's a good one for <laughs> oh me. God. I was super into that. J.R. Ewing? Mm-hmm. No, J.R. never really did it for me. Apollo Creed. No. No, Apollo Creed never did it for me either. Bowser. (laughs) Bowser from Mario Kart? Yeah. What is the next one? Like a Goomba? No. (laughs) Professional wrestler is the next one. Gaston. What? Who's that? Gaston from Beauty, Beauty and the, the Beast. Beast. I heard no. I heard Gustan. I was like, I don't Gaston. know that person. <laughs> like Gaston. All right. What about the Thomas Jane version of The Punisher? I'm sure she's watched that many <laughs> times. Uh, no. Oh, a lot of Jack Nicholson characters show up on here. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell is Shooter McGavin? Shooter McGavin? Uh, he was in Happy Kilmore, wasn't he? <laughs> or uh, Billy Madison? The prize is wrong, bitch. I still... One of those two? I don't remember. <laughs> David Bowie from Labyrinth. No. God damn it! I, I, I just remembered. I'm going through his list. I just... <laughs> Remembered that I revealed privately to Elise on Slack maybe like a month and a half ago that <laughs> I was sexually attracted to the new Pennywise. <laughs> oh my god! I don't even know in what context like, that was revealed. I feel like we share we share our alarming like dark romance. Sexual attraction. It was <laughs> the new one. I want to clarify. Oh, the new one, not the Tim Curry one. I, the <laughs> the Sars card brother one. I, I don't think that yeah. helps. It's because I told you I felt guilty that I was attracted to Loki. Oh, and, <laughs> and you're like, I just shat all over that. I was like, 
buckle up listen to this oh my god i'm about to drop a bombshell oh <laughs> man i got nothing for sarah i just I know i'm you guys help us we need to just tweet at sarah <laughs> all of your suggestions Oh, I I don't have any any good really no no good villain heroes that I'm interested in. What about in video games? What's that like gray spiky haired dude in Kingdom Hearts? Not Sora, the bad one. Riku, is that his name? <laughs> Sarah, what? I'm looking at you for a lifeline. No, no idea. nothing. No okay. idea what you're talking about. Someone knows. No, I, I, I don't do. I don't do. I'm not really into villains. It's wow. really weird. I for sure thought we'd find, we'd find one. one, and we're all looking on our phones now, which also makes for great listening. <laughs> Guys, if you could only see these search terms, <laughs> getting me nothing. I do not understand. Like, what? What is missing that? That villain heroes don't work for me. It's very strange. Oh, because probably. you're well adjusted. Because <laughs> <laughs> <I mean, laughs> you're a normal. That was a, that was a good old self own there. <laughs> Normie. No, I'm with you 100%. Like, it's, it's definitely related to like unhealthy <laughs> unhealthiness. It's it's therapy I have yet to get through. <laughs> we haven't touched on that at all. <laughs> it's like like the, things are going great. I'm in a good mood. Me, we don't need to go any deeper than that. <laughs> let me talk to you about Pennywise. <laughs> My horny Pennywise pants. <laughs> you, I bet you'd make a killing writing that fan fiction. I bet I just could find self, you some right now. Just self it like reader insert <laughs> in Pennywise. But then I'd have to write in what is it? The second POV? Yeah. No, you just leave a blank for the name or now they do this really annoying thing in the fan fictions, the young kids these days, where it's a Y slash N for your name (laughs) in self-insert. Yeah. It's like an it's like an ASL. (laughs) But for fan fiction. You remember those old days. What fanfic do you read the most? What what fandoms do you mostly gravitate towards? Oh, I tweeted about this hardcore the other day. (laughs) Uh, Draco and Hermione are a big one. I'm a Dramione fan. That's what they're called. (laughs) (laughs) So do you write the Dramione fanfic? No, I read it. Uh, I had a friend in high school who wrote Dramione fanfic. I wrote fanfic and other fandoms, and we're not going to talk about yes, that. Yes, we are. <laughs> what fandoms did you write fanfic Okay, in? we'll go in order of least popular to most popular. <laughs> <laughs> There's only three. There's only what three. What was your screen name? Oh, we're not divulging <laughs> that at all. Um, Do you have to tell us? I don't know. <laughs> um, well, if they can narrow it down through these three, I'll I'll admit it if anyone guesses it. Okay. So I wrote one story in the Samurai Shampoo fandom, which what? is what? anime, and it's by the people who did Cowboy Bebop, which oh, is one of my favorite. Yes. Yeah, but this was set in feud- feudal Japan, so I have one of those. The tell me the name again. Samurai Shampoo. <laughs> it's like shampoo, but it's C H. And it's like a P L O O. Wow! It's it's got like a 
Was there a Feudal romance ju- in it? There's a. I thought there was like a some sexual tension, but there's no romance. It's all imagined in my head, pretty much. Oh, that's fine. That's the best kind. Um, but it's got like cowboy bebop was like space and jazz music, and this yes. is feudal Japan and hip hop music. Um, so that's probably the least popular. Then I wrote World of Warcraft fan fiction. Aww. I w- played World of Warcraft a lot. <laughs> And the worst one is I wrote Naruto fan fiction. Oh, I don't even know what that is. Anime ninja kids. <laughs> <laughs> You're not even alone in that. No, but, but the worst part is, is I did an original character. <laughs> was she a Mary Sue? <laughs> he probably was. It was a love triangle between the eye patched. Mentor from the show. Oh my god. We're coming back to the eye patches. <laughs> or one of the hero or one of the series central villains. Oh which explains everything <laughs> we have just talked about for the last 40 minutes. I don't know what I am so I am so old that there wasn't a place to put fan fiction. When I was writing fan fiction as a young person and I had a notebook and my friend and I would pass the notebook back and forth and I'd write a chapter and then she'd write a chapter and there was like literally nowhere online to put this. We had the fan fiction notebook and my God, if someone had found that, I think we both would have just died. <laughs> there was no Mr. Lee's Rich, if you're listening, <laughs> check the attic. Do you have an attic? If not, check the basement or both. I don't know your situation. Oh, man. I don't think I kept any of them. Oh, I would have held on to those. Those were just like the old spiral bound notebooks about how we were like going to meet the Backstreet Boys or something. Which one was your favorite? (laughs) It depended. I started like, I think I went the popular option first with Nick and then I picked whatever the oldest one was, which is clearly my orientation when it comes to Kevin. Yes. That was my If you're not a solid 12 years older than me, I guess I'm just not attracted to you. I was really PO'd because... Brian, Brian Luttrell, went to the same church as my cousin. And he couldn't get you a hookup? Well, she lived in Orlando, and I did not. (laughs) She'd always brag about it. Brian Luttrell was four pews in front of me today. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch! (laughs) That's probably why I'm not in a church with Brian I can't remember who the other two were, though. Uh, Howie, AJ. Oh, that's right. Okay. How was the one no one liked? <laughs> Why, though? He was like... He was the boring one. There was no, like, personality. He was, like, the milk toast. Uh, and then right. AJ had the, like, the, go- the very pencil-thin goatee. goatee. And he had the... He wore the bandana and the trilby <laughs> on top of each other. It was a popular 90s look. Britney Spears did it once, yes. I believe. Remember when Brittany and Justin went to, I think it was like those denim. (laughs) (laughs) I want a romance novel cover where the hero and heroine have matching denim outfits. Oh, man. Oh, my God. The late 90s were such a gift. They were. I'm bummed out. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm just. So, do you read fanfic? Sometimes. I don't read it as much as I used to. Um,. But I am I feel like I'm of that group where I pick fandoms that don't exist. <laughs> like for example, 
Fargo season one. <laughs> <laughs> Love that season. But I shipped, um, was it Mr. Numbers? Who He was the deaf assassin. And the sheriff, who was played by Allison Tolman. There's a very charged scene <laughs> in okay. that season where he's in a hospital bed. And she's the sheriff, and he's done really bad things. But they agree to work together to bring down Billy Bob Thornton. That's legit. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's great. But I, after that, I, like, Googled obsessively. Nothing. Just my usual sites. And I'm, like, trying to search, like, old live journals. <laughs> and I'm like, please, someone, anyone. I will register for the weirdest forum. <laughs> Whatever will bring me this. So would you just write the fanfic in that case or did you just want to read it? I mean, I'm I'm now 29. <laughs> I don't have time for that right now. Right. <laughs> to, to, I can be, I barely get my work done for Sarah in a timely <laughs> manner. I like when you're reading fanfic and it's like really, really, really good. And then it's like, sorry for the delayed update. I had like my high school physics exam. And you're like, <laughs> oh I am God. outclassed in writing by a 16-year-old. No. And that, like, your weekend enjoyment rests solely on them cranking right. out another right. chapter. I don't give a shit about your mom. finals. Write another chapter. Put your mom on the phone. Put her on the phone. <laughs> Jazzy Girl 187 missed her, <laughs> her, her, fanfic her update. weekly update. What's happening? I just wanted to check on her. Oh, God. <laughs> so, what fandoms do you read in? Oh, I started like way back in the day on La Femme Nikita. That was like oh, the that first was one. A good show. Yes, you I liked I liked The Mentalist a lot because apparently I'm attracted to con artists, which is not a good instinct <laughs> either. So he's a con artist in The Mentalist. Yeah, oh. he's the bl- blonde haired. Yeah, man. the blonde haired Australian guy. Ooh, I didn't know he was Australian. I know that makes him like a hundred times hotter. Like, what? You should have led with that. <laughs> the country that produces the Hemsworths can't go wrong. <laughs> the uh, one of the Hemsworths is on Westworld, isn't he? Yeah, he's the hot hot security guard. <laughs> I don't know his name. He's been on like half of season one. It's no, not like no you see his face once. Don't remember. He's like beefier than the other one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? He's like. You couldn't knock him over if you tried. Like, he's just, like, dense. I feel like you've thought a lot about that. I do. <laughs> this is Amanda's theory of Hemsworth density. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, Wait, least Frank. dense is Liam. Right. Liam is the least dense. He just looks like a normal, normal, normal human being. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, baseline is just normal. Normal, healthy, probably. <laughs> and then the middle dense. Middle dance is Chris. Chris, right. obviously, he's got some height and some bulk, but like he can't. I don't think he can like plant himself down in the ground. Right, he can't get like real solid in it. And then there's the other one whose name we don't know. The Daniel, the most dense sort. Someone send him a plaque. Whatever you name Hemsworth. The most dense. <laughs> you can cross-stitch it for them. <laughs> Voted most dense. Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> right. Did you find a villain? 
Becca Martinez had to return things, everything with tags after going broke on her bachelor wardrobe. I don't know who Whoa. that is. The one with the, the, the short hair. Oh. That's important news. Yeah. Well, Wait, I the short haired one or the new bachelorette one? The new, She's the new, new bachelorette. bachelorette. Okay. That's not good. That doesn't bode well. Still not going to recamp anything ever again. Is oh. it too painful? I hated every second of it. Oh, no. Why? I hated it. Well, one, it's not the type of reality TV I would watch. I love like a, a real housewife show, but I don't like a reality slash competition show. It makes me very nervous. I don't like com- I don't like competitions, but I also don't like people performing their personality disorders. I can't watch that. See, I get secondhand embarrassment for the shows like Bachelor and Bachelorette because like some of these people are really earnest about what they're doing. Oh yeah, they think they're gonna find love. Whereas um, like Real Housewives, everyone's pretty much a dumpster fire, and they all know it. Like, <laughs> they're doing this stuff on purpose. Like they don't really have a goal or they're not trying to win love. <laughs> Do you have any Real Housewives favorites of all of this? There's Atlanta and there's New I will Jersey rank and my New York. favorite franchises <laughs> in order. You are just doing the Lord's work over there. I am. <laughs> We're not like- going to count spinoff series like Vanderpump Rules. So wait, is this like ranting, ranking the density of Hemsworths? Is this like yeah? Which I, well, this is which I enjoy the most. Right. There's going to be caveats. Yeah, this is more subjective. Vanderpump rule. As a spinoff series does not count. (laughs) Okay. The very short-lived, last on the list, is The Real Housewives of D.C. It lasted for one season and featured the Obama White House wedding crashers as one of the couples. Oi. Yeah. And the dude, they're divorced now. Obviously. (laughs) The dude rents out an Airbnb in the area with memorabilia from the show, and he sells like twenty dollar T shirts with oh. like his name on it. It's real sad. <laughs> um, then Real Housewives of Miami never really meshed with all the <laughs> cast members. They had one super old, old like wealthy white woman who was definitely racist, and then the rest were like. Cuban women and Spanish women and, like, it was just a weird fit. Um, this one's tough. Which one's next? Real Housewives she of... She knows them all. I can't remember them all. Of Pot- Not Potomac. Real Housewives... We're going international here. Real Housewives of Vancouver, I believe. There was one bananas woman and a spoiled <laughs> daughter. And everyone was just very, like, milk toasty, just... Wet blankety did did not like it. Real Housewives of Melbourne. There's a barrister on there, but she always wears sequin mini dresses. She's great. Her name's Gina. Okay. Um, That's not Melbourne, Florida. That's Melbourne, Australia. Australia. Um, Real Housewives of New Zealand. I think it's I didn't New know Zealand. these were things. Like, did you know these were things? I had no idea. Are you um, making shit up? She's no, making this up. She's I am totally not. fucking with us. There was a, like the New Zealand's a fucking country. I think it's New Zealand. <laughs> it's in New Zealand. I don't know if it's a if it's their capital or not, but I think it's just New Zealand. Um, one housewife dropped the N word, and I don't think it got renewed. It was horrific. It was horrific. Because one of the other housewives is a black woman. Oh, boy. Yeah. And I just, it's a bad season. I don't know if it got renewed either. Um, Do you want us to look for you? Do you need to know? No. 
Okay. Okay, so we just said New Zealand. Okay, New Zealand. Now we're getting into, like, the top ones. Real Housewives of Orange County. It's the first Real Housewives franchise series. And, or, yeah, it's been on for, like, 13 years now. And some seasons are better than others. Are there always new people? No, sometimes they'll last the same cast for, like, three seasons and then they'll switch it. Next Lisa one. Vanderpump's been on since, like... For a while, for Orange like County. Her whole, no, that's she's Beverly Hills. Oh, Beverly Hills, that's right. Beverly Hills is my next one. Thanks for that segue. You're welcome. <laughs> I was in love with, what's her name? She, was, she has the two model daughters, Yolanda, and her battle with Lyme disease. <laughs> Everyone has Lyme <laughs> disease in LA. And she had the most beautiful fridge. It used to be a, a shower, <laughs> a, like a standing shower. And she turned it into a beautiful refrigerator that has this huge glass door. It's seriously watch watch that purchaser refrigerator. Can you imagine the like how like you don't have enough to do that you have your fucking refrigerator has to be aesthetically pleasing at all times because if you have a total glass door, you can't just throw and she your has like an orchard of lemon trees. Like you can just put your leftovers and shit in there. I would old, love to do that. Yeah, it, it's always like artfully arranged. Right. So now fridge. you got to fucking it's arrange like your fridge cabinets. Ugh. No. Okay, we're we're almost done. I sorry, promise. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Real Housewives of Dallas. First season is a bit of a snooze fest. <laughs> I'll never get tired of these southern women telling fart and poop jokes, <laughs> which they love to do. Um, Real Housewives of Potomac. Also a stupid snooze fest the first season, <laughs> but like it's so Maryland? good. Yeah. Potomac. There's one woman who is just, she calls her husband the black Bill Gates. <laughs> oh, boy. Like, she thinks she's the most important person. And, like, she like moved out of Potomac and didn't want to tell anyone. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> um, Real Housewives of... New York is my my second. Really good. Ramona Singer is bananas. Dorinda Medley is a sweetheart. Princess Carol Radzowell's on it. And the top one, and it's a huge caveat. Only the first three seasons of The Real Housewives of New Jersey. You forgot Atlanta. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> to start over. No, I know where Atlanta goes. Atlanta's third. Okay. Um, I think that's the first one that I really got addicted to was watching Atlanta. Okay. Thank you, Elise. <laughs> I knew exactly where it went. And then the first one is the first three seasons of Real Housewives of New Jersey. Why the just for first three? Is that the one with... Danielle Stop? Yes. No. Teresa, what's her face? Judy's? Teresa's... No. The woman with the really big... Who's really big and really tall and has really big lips. Big Ange. No, that's Mob Wives. That's on VH1. That's a whole other <laughs> network. She has since passed away, R.I.P. Oh, my God. died? She died? Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. I only saw, like, the first couple of seasons of Beverly Hills, and I binge-watched it. Binge-watched it. Binge-watched? <laughs> binge-watched it right after I had my surgery when I had my ovary out. So I was also on like a whole fuck ton of pen pain medication watching sense. it. Yeah. So why the first three seasons specifically? Um, that's when there was the most tension. Between who? Uh, Danielle Staub 
and Teresa. The very first season, she calls Danielle Stubb content warning, I guess. We're, she doesn't call her except content warning, but I'm letting uh, A prostitution whore. And goes to flip a table at a very nice Italian restaurant. Oh and she God. calls Danielle a prostitution whore in front of her two daughters, who are also attending this dinner. What? A yes. prostitution whore. Yeah. Actually, I might even just say the first two seasons. Any more any more real housewives? Reality there's also a mob wives Chicago. <laughs> if you were curious. That lasted not very long. How how are they like owning up to being mob wives? I feel like that's not something you're supposed to disclose One on television. Like- or some of them were like daughters, like Sammy, Sammy the Bull's daughter was on the original. Right, one. but they're not like doing mafia shit on TV. Right? No, but they're like their like personality is built somewhat on like being connected to the mafia. Being connected to the mob. Just mob doctors? That could be a thing. That could be a thing. Yep, like the intro could be done by the actress who played uh, Dr. Malfi on Sopranos. I never watched I Sopranos. never watched Sopranos either. This the foundation. See, of the we're all show. just making references to things that the other two has no clue what <laughs> they're talking about. The Sopranos first season, the, the base conceit of it was that Tony Soprano, who is a mobster, though he tells his therapist that he is in the waste management business, goes to therapy because he's having anxiety. Is he a villain? They're that all you, villains. They're no, that mob. you would get into. No, I never was. I I really am not into the villainy. God damn it! We're gonna find one. Yeah, there's got to be one. I'm okay with some characters who are in the gray area where you don't know exactly how bad they are, but they're comfortable. We're getting it. warmer. <laughs> <laughs> can you well, give like, us an example that we can well, work I from? I saw you tweeting about how the animated fox Robin Hood is oh, attractive. he's a dream boat. <laughs> I stand by that. He's that an is... anti-hero, I would say. No, I he's absolutely the hero. He's still doing something illegal, Sarah. Yes, but it's demonstrated it's that, the, that the legal authority of that kingdom is an idiot. Oh, so you're willing to to bend the rules for Tiger. a hot anthropomorphic <laughs> fox man Wouldn't you who's good at archery and also hey my morals aren't into question we've already discussed that i was into darth maul right no we true. we yeah. firmly know where amanda and i stand yeah yeah I what about know. david bowie and we talked as, about as, david no. Bowie. no no because when there's consistent choices to always do the wrong thing i lose interest because it's boring if there's somebody who's like, don't you want to know why they're doing the wrong thing? Maybe you can fix them. You could fix them. <laughs> I'm not interested. In Trust that. me, <laughs> you can fix them. <laughs> I, uh, I don't think I can, <laughs> and I'm not interested. I'm too tired to do that much labor. I was I never into the fixing. I was always into the secret. Like if the guy is connected to a secret world, then I know about it. Now that is always going to be my uh, Jareth. Hello. No, he runs that secret world. Did yeah. I tell you about the Goblin King book I started? Shona Husk, that Goblin King? I don't think so. It's literally so. called The Goblin King. This one's called The Goblin King 2, and it was like clearly... Like the Goblin King 2 electric boogaloo? <laughs> yes, that was actually the book. The Squeakquel. <laughs> I just want you guys to know that I had to go see The Squeakquel. Oh, no. That was bad. You know what um, else is pretty fucking terrible? Gnomeo and Juliet. Oh, Jesus. Oh, that's right. Did you just say Gnomeo? <laughs> I did. That's, isn't it supposed to be Gnomeo? No, yes. because... It was bad, so it's, it's Gnomeo. Gnomeo. Okay. Gnomeo and Juliet. 
Yeah, it is Shona Husk. So I started it and I barely got into it. I was hoping for some David Bowie action. And like the heroine wakes up in the goblin caves after they've kidnapped her. And like there's an avian water dispenser in there and it just like shattered the <laughs> magic for me. Did you ever read Winter Song? No, I haven't, and I'm really excited for it. Do that. That's got a a goblin king. I'm all about the goblin king. Set in like historic Bavaria, so no Evian water dispensers. Super horrible, embarrassing confession, as long as we're we're on this track in the um Anita not the Anita Blake books. Who was the other one? Meredith Gentry? Yeah, Mary Gentry. That was even like that was sex straight out the gate. Like you didn't even have to wait for two books. It's like page five. Yeah, we're we're there. Um, my favorite out of all of them was the guy with the tentacle stomach because he was, yeah, he so was mine too. Sholto. Yes. Because he was like the villainous, like bad boy. I'll never be loved because I'm a weirdo. Yes. Yeah. I've got stomach tentacles, and I remember when. Like, she finally slept with him. They turned into a tattoo or something. Like, that was the one place that Laurel Hamilton would not go was tentacle penetration. My <laughs> second favorite was, like, the icy dude. Frost? Like, yeah. I, think his, I think, yeah, that was just yeah. his name was <laughs> I Frost. knew ice had something to do with it. I made it as far as, was it, Mistral's Kiss was the last one I read. That sounds... He, he did, like, storm and, like, thunder magic, I think. I could be making that. Didn't Frost get like turned into a stag or something for a while? Yeah, I think he pieced out a little bit. <laughs> uh, I don't blame him. It was always like Meredith Gentry's gangbang fairy bad, bad boy band. She had to have sex in order to get pregnant, so she basically had sex every day and night. Yeah, to like get- replace her like evil aunt. Yeah, I would get like so chafed. I think that's why. So that was the f- I read those before Anita Blake, and that's I think that might be why I'm so into like fairy stuff in my romances. Give me like fairy a fake stuff he- in your romances. Give me a fake hero any day of the Did week. Did you read? Oh, it's gonna drive me nuts, and it's really the Cruel Prince. No, it's older than that. Um, it's gonna take me a while to find it on my Goodreads. I we'll go apologize. back to Lee Pace as that hot frosty oh. elf king. <laughs> we can think about that while at least finds it. <laughs> I don't even remember his name. Are we talking about The Hobbit again? Yeah, we are. <laughs> did, you, did you see it? I know what you're talking about. I'll show Sarah. I might be able... I mean, is he a villain? He's kind of a douche. He rides a moose. Wait, there was a, there was a Mary Gentry novel in 2014. Mm, that's still going. Well, isn't Laurel K. Hamill... Isn't Anita Blake still going? Yeah. It has longevity. Thranduil is <laughs> he's the hot elven king. Yeah. This ep- this episode is going to require a lot of editing. He was my cover photo. Fo- him on the moose was my cover photo on Facebook for a long time. I mean, I got to admit that a guy that can tame yeah. a moose is pretty hot. That doesn't do it for you? No. What's going on with his hair? Uh, he's an elf, so there are branches in it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He's also wearing a circlet into battle. <laughs> Something a little more understated. <laughs> it's I specifically have... his battle circlet. <laughs> um, someone has turned 
Lee Pace into Edward from Breaking Dawn in this Photoshop. Oh. No, that's really creepy. I'll save it. We put it in the show notes. <laughs> I don't know when I'm going to need this again. <laughs> oh, God. I'm still looking for that fairy book, by the way. Was it explicit? No, it's a YA series, although the second book gets kind of Is it the Holly? Is it the fairy tithe? No. Holly Black series? It's like a girl and her mom? No. This is like girl finds out she's the summer queen. Uh, the Iron King? I don't think so. Hey, Julie Kagawa? No, it's uh, Melissa Marr. She finds out she's the summer queen? Right. Yeah, it's a, the first Melissa Moore book, I think. I will find out soon. Still scrolling. Wicked Lovely? Yes. Sarah, look at you! <laughs> it's always good to end an episode with me experiencing the rare occurrence of remembering something. I hope you enjoyed that episode as silly and goofy as it was. Um, I laughed a lot recording it and I laughed a lot editing it. And I hope you also laughed a lot because laughter is very good for you. This episode was brought to you by Whiskey Sharp Torn by Lauren Dane. Bo Petty has been searching his whole life. What he was not searching for was a woman to claim all of him. But Cora Silvera walks back into his life and he is ready to search out all of the ways that he can make her his. Cora has spent her life as the family caretaker, and she is ready to pass that job onto someone else. Precisely at that moment, her high school crush reappears, and the draw and heat of their instant connection is like nothing she has ever experienced. He craves being around her, and she accepts all of him, dark corners included. Bo thinks that Cora has had enough drama, and he wants to protect her from the secrets of his past, even though that means holding back the last pieces of himself. But Cora is no pushover, and she means to claim all of those pieces, because sometimes what you find is not what you were searching for. Whiskey Sharp Torn is on sale June 26th, and is available for pre-order wherever books are sold. We have a transcript sponsor for this episode, this week's transcript is brought to you by I Am Justice by Diana Munoz-Stewart. If you would like the intrigue of Sandra Brown mixed with the passion of Laura Kay, you'll love this romantic suspense that travels the globe from eastern Pennsylvania to the Middle East to Mexico. Rescued from the streets by the world-renowned Parrish family, Justice joined their covert sisterhood of vigilante assassins. Her next target a sex trafficking ring in the war-torn Middle East. She just needs the right cover. Sandesh Ross left Special Forces and started a humanitarian group to aid victims of war, but saving the world is not cheap. Enter Parish Industries and Limitless Funding with one catch. Their hot, prickly PR specialist, Justice Parish. Book page named I Am Justice a top pick, saying an intriguing premise, a cast of strong characters unwilling to back down, and black-hearted, deserve-to-die villains make I Am Justice a winning start to an exciting new series. Cindy Dees, New York Times and USA Today bestselling author, says, It's witty, dangerous, fun, and smoking hot. The perfect can't-put-it-down read. I Am Justice by Diana Munoz-Stewart is on sale now wherever books are sold. You can find out more at dianamunozstewart.com. 
podcast has a Patreon, and I would like to humbly invite you to take a look at patreon.com slash smartbitches. There are several tiers of support, starting with $1 a month, and every pledge helps immensely to keep the show going, helps me commission transcripts for older episodes, and helps me maintain the equipment for live shows. And yes, you heard, I will be doing a live show at RWA in Denver. Stay tuned for details. I want to thank some of the Patreon folks personally as well. So to Dorinda, Stacy, Laura, Sean, and Anna, thank you so much for being part of the podcast Patreon. Are there ways to support this podcast and every podcast you enjoy? Absolutely. Tell a friend, subscribe, leave a review wherever it is that you listen, or, you know, just tune in each week. That is an enormous honor. I am very grateful for your time and for the fact that you hang out with us each week. The music you're listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater. You can find her on Twitter at Sassy Outwater. This is live at 25 by the Pete Bog Fairies. This track is called Shifting Pete and Feet. You can find it at Amazon, on iTunes, and wherever you buy your funky music. And you can find more about Pete Bog Fairies at their website, PeteBogFairies.com. What's coming up on the website this weekend? Well, tomorrow it is time for our monthly celebratory post, What You're Reading. This is where we all talk about what we're currently reading and enjoying, and then we buy more books because it is easily the most expensive, tempting entry each month on the site, at least for me anyway. So we're going to talk about what we're reading, and we would love to hear what you are reading tomorrow as well. Next week, we are going to have Cover Snark, a Bachelorette recap, more from the world of library coolness, plus reviews, help a bitch out, and more. We love that you hang out with us on the site as well, so I'm glad you're part of that community. Now, time for a bad joke. This is really bad. Um, if you ever want to really torture yourself, head on over to the Reddit dad joke community because it is just a glorious place. This is from Wonk88. And this is in memory of their dad because this was their, their dad's very favorite joke. So it's a little gross, but it's also hilarious. Are you ready? <clears throat> okay. What's the difference between roast beef and pea soup? Give up? What's the difference between roast beef and pea soup? Well, anyone can roast beef. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so uh, Wonka88's father was a tremendously awesome human being. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> yeah, it was a little gross, but uh, yeah, I'm really super excited to have that joke in my terrible, terrible arsenal. I'm going to be the worst person to talk to for the rest of the summer because I've got nothing but bad jokes. On the website at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast, I will have links to everything we talked about, including pictures of Lee Pace, not as Edward, but in Breaking Dawn. There's one where he looks like a really sort of low market Colin Farrell. It's really weird. Either way, I hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. We will see you back here next week. In the meantime, we wish you the very, very best of reading. Have a great weekend. Bye.